Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. This is Pentecost Sunday 2020, and what a moment in time we are living in. It's like we're in a tunnel is the kind of the picture I had a couple weeks ago. We're going through a tunnel and we don't know exactly what it's going to look like on the other side. I heard somebody in another message a couple of weeks ago use the word liminal. So I'm going to define, everybody, there's a couple words I'm going to be introducing us to this morning, a little dictionary time. But liminal is the space between something you've left and something you haven't arrived at yet. You've left one boundary and you're heading to another. You left one shore, you're heading to another. And so we are definitely in some liminal space here as the church in, uh, in our country, in our city, as, as the, just the people of our country right now. And praise the Lord, Jesus has promised to be with us always, even to the very end of the age. And he promised to send the Holy Spirit and he did it. The, the Spirit is with us, and He helps us into those unknown places, the places where we haven't arrived yet, and we don't understand what it's going to look like. Or, and I mean, you see that in the book of Acts over and over and over again, and that's one of the things we're trusting the Lord for right now, because we can't see the future. You know, sometimes I wish I could, uh, a version of me could kind of, you know, go back in time and talk to myself. You know, I've, I've even imagined that. Even, even, even for this message, I was thinking, wow, just for some of the COVID stuff, you know, if I could go back in time and, and go, hey, Jamie, you know, uh, you know, Zoom fatigue is real. I'm sorry, Zoom fatigue? I don't understand. No, it's a real thing, man. You're going to be on the computer all the time. You're going to be one meeting after another after another. Days are going to start blending together. But I don't understand. Look, man, just don't worry about it. Buy the stock, okay? <laughs> Buy the stock. And there's more. Look, there's some guys running around the church right now, and I just want you to recognize them. They've got skills with cameras and videos. I'm telling you, their gifts are going to be very important in the future, their gifts are going to be very important in the future. Okay, be nice to the camera guys and the video guys. I got it. And that's not all. Dude, learn to cook some stuff. You'd like you can cook a hamburger or something, and then, and then you come, your wife comes home and scrubs, and you're like, what's for dinner? Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm this guy. But seriously, seriously, if I could go back in time, I would say, Get the people to trust in Jesus with all their hearts. Get the people to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit and to learn to love. And I'm just saying, amen, that is the word. And if I could go back in time, I would say that to myself, to, to say it to you even more clearly. We don't know what's coming. We don't know what's happening in the future, but we know that God is going to lead us into that future. We can trust him. We can't see the future, but we can trust the Holy Spirit to lead us into that future. A couple weeks ago, we were in some sermon planning time, a handful of us on a, on a Zoom call, and, uh, and we were just sensing like, like we needed to do a message, a series, a series of messages about being the church. And so we're, we're starting a new series called We Are the Church. And, and it's important for a couple of reasons. We're going to be emphasizing a few different things. We're going to be looking at some messages from, I got a new Bible, by the way. Um, so uh, 
A lot of reasons for that. I'm not going to go into it here. That would be a digression. But uh, uh, so there are just some, some reasons there, and a, a couple of them are that, you know, when we started the church, you know, it, was, it wasn't just all about Sunday mornings, and it's still not. And so here we are in this crazy space that we're in, several months into COVID, and even in the beginning, we would say, hey, we may not always be able to meet together on Sunday mornings, but we've got these values of making disciples, meeting house to house, of doing the one another's, of living life out together, bearing, being God's image bearers together in community. And it doesn't always look like this on a Sunday morning. And we felt like it was important for us to dig back down into those values, that DNA of who God made us to be uh, you know, in the, in the early days. And that's, I think that's a word from the Lord for us. The second piece is that when you look at the, the when you study the, the book of Acts, what you see is that at transition points, the Holy Spirit really is leading the church into unknown places. God, Jesus said, go be my witnesses, make disciples of all nations. And for 10 years, the church just sat there. I mean, they were doing stuff, but it was in Jerusalem. It was, it was very contained. And it wasn't until persecution came that they went to Judea and Samaria. And more persecution led them further out. And the Holy Spirit was leading through that whole process. The Holy Spirit was leading, took an open vision from P, for Peter to go to the to go to the Gentiles with the gospel, to go to Cornelius. And, and, and it took these crazy visions and a dream of a guy going like this to Paul, a vision to go into Europe with the gospel. Does that make sense? So the, the Lord is going to lead us through this time. And, and it is, it is, we're in that time. We're in that time right now. We're in a time right now where we don't know where it's all going to end up. And that's, it's not like, Freak, freak out and run around with your head cut off, you know, just like, ah, you know, it's, Lord, we need you to lead us. And it's disorienting. COVID alone has been one of the most pressure-packed times that probably any of us have lived through. Uh, it's, 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 we're getting far enough into it to realize, yeah, this is historic in, in every sense of the word. And there is loss and there is I'm starting to hear this word more and more now. There's a lament that's going on, and it's right. It's, it, it's right. It's righteous. It's a part of the Bible. There's a whole book called Lamentations. And I uh, heard a great message a couple weeks ago from a guy named David Morrow up at Woodland Hills, and I encourage you to look up Woodland Hills and look for that sermon on lament. It's powerful. And the deal is, like, all of these things that, are, that, that there's loss in right now, loss of life we, and, and opportunities and economic situations and graduations and sports stuff and just normal everyday life stuff where there's loss. And, and lament is the right thing. And, and I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and try to get it out here myself. You know, part of that for me, part of the lament piece that's hard is when I do those uh, strengths finder tests, you know, every time I do that, positivity is my number one strength. And so that's not a good lamenting strength, by the way. It's, uh, and, and now it's helpful to have some positive people around when you're trying to lead. or I, I want some positive people around me going, hey, we can do it. You know, and it helps to have, hey, we can do it. But 
there's also times to lament. Like, man, this, this has been a hard thing. And different ones of us are experiencing loss in different ways. And that's, that's COVID and all this other stuff that's already happening. Then you add on to that this incredible disorienting loss of the George Floyd situation, you know, during this last week. And it's, it, it's, it's disorienting. And, and it is a time of lament. There's frustration, there's anger, there's injustice, all of these things, and it's just swirling in our culture right now. Lament is really the the right word. Things got to change. And praise God, this is Pentecost and the reminder of God sending his very presence to us to lead us through times where we don't know what's going to be out there, but he's leading us through the liminal space and into a future that is more whole, even in the midst of our brokenness and sin and injustice and all of the things that we see all around us so vividly, the Lord has promised to lead us forward as his people. And so here's the main thing I'm trying to say today. We are the church of God. We are the church and God is leading us forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's say it again. We are the church and God is leading us forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. I say, I, I think we could probably use that sentence for all of the sermons we're going to do here, but that's, uh, that's where we're going. Pentecost. Let me just say a word about Pentecost and, and Passover, kind of how they're connected here. The, uh, Pentecost itself is the feast of first fruits. And so what would happen is the Israelites would bring the first fruits of their wheat crop and bring it and wave it before the Lord and say, Lord, you've helped us this far and you're going to help us forward into the future. And so that's what's going on at Pentecost. And so Pentecost was at Pente, literally it means 50. It's 50 days after Passover. So Pentecost is intimately connected to Passover. And so Passover then is the, that feast where the Israelites are led out of Egypt and out of slavery by God and through the, through the Red Sea, through the wilderness and into the promised land. But 50 days after that first Passover feast, the Israelites were at Mount Sinai where God gives the law. So, and then all of this goes way deeper in the connections when Jesus then brings all of those themes together in himself. He brings those themes together and he says, look, from now on when you do this Passover, remember me. It's about me. It's about me delivering not just the Israelites, but all people out of bondage and into freedom. And then Pentecost then becomes the pouring out, the giving of the Spirit that then writes the laws of God on our hearts. So in Pentecost, we remember that God is the one who's leading us and empowering us and, and giving us what we need in the moment. Not tablets of stone, but the living God writing his leading and, and words and ways to act and ethics and how to live and all of that. It's right here. Everyone will know me, God says. And so the coming of the Holy Spirit empowers us to do a few things. And I, I suppose I, I was... I was Chuckling to myself, when I wrote these points down, I was like, man, you could take that phrase, the coming of the Holy Spirit empowers us, and all of our points in the book of Acts that are meaningful could be kicked off with that little phrase there. But let's start with this first one. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, the coming of the Holy Spirit empowers us to come together and communicate. Okay, we need to hear this word right now, right? 
So open in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Acts 2, verse 1. This is the reading of the Word of God. Lord, would you open our hearts and minds and our eyes to see this? When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the, at the sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked each other, are not these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. Now, this is the word of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Amen. So, wind, fire, tongues of fire, other languages, and the ability for all these ethnicities coming together to be able to hear each other and understand each other and communicate with each other, that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes. And there's so much to say about the beginning of the church. I mean, there's, ah, there's just tons but ethnic groups, different peoples, nations, every kingdom, uh, every nation under heaven. I mean, that's, that's a big deal, being able to speak and understand each other. Uh, that's, a, that's a powerful truth. And he's going to go on to explain that and declare that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead and that they too can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and this power. And he's bringing with him a whole new world. He's bringing with him a whole new creation. And part of why that is so very important for us is that we are moving right now from one time to another, out of the old and into the new, out of this place where we've been and into a new place. And even with the death of George Floyd during this past week, last Saturday, we want to say, how, Holy Spirit, how are you leading us forward during this time? How do we respond to you and to your leadership during this time? That's the question God wants us asking. That's the, that's the thing I just wanted to emphasize, even as I was, I, I mean, that was powerful. Lord, what do you want me to say this morning? And the, do you want me to say something about the Holy Spirit? And the dove flies up. And then it's the dove, the dove, the dove, the dove, and the dove. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to help us so that we can more fully speak, so that we can more fully hear one another, what we need to be saying. And this may not be new to a lot of people right now, but what's, hap what's happened in the last month or so is that there's no going back from what we know about how injustice has been proliferating in our country. And, and it's not new to people that know it, but it might be new to some of us. 
And so we've got to wake up and we've got to look to Jesus and we've got to look to how he's going to point us in this way forward and his, his love. I, I may sound like a broken record about the love of God, but that's what we need. Um, you know, I, I taught you a word a minute ago, liminal, and uh, so it's time for another one here. What we need is an epistemology of love. Come on. And uh, i got one woe here. I don't know about in the living rooms. But uh, we need an epistemology of love. So epistemology means it's how we know things. It's, it's how, do we, how do we know what we know? And love is the way to actually, we love people in, actually, in order to actually know them. And we can't know somebody without loving them. We're made in the image of the God of love. God is love. This is who God is from all eternity. Self-giving, other-centered love. Now, we'll never be able to do that perfectly, but we'll never be able to love somebody partially if we don't start giving ourselves in love to them in order to really know them. I mean, it's just, there's no other way around it. I was even reading 1 John this morning. Love one another. This is the message you've heard from the beginning. In times of persecution, difficulty, love one another. God is love. And you don't know God if you don't love one another. So this love piece is huge. I got a call from an African-American dear friend, pastor here in the city on the east side. And, um, you know, he just called and said, hey, man, can we just talk for a while? And, And we got on the phone. We're talking about all different kinds of things and George Floyd came up, that, and he said, you know, can I just talk for a minute? I was like, yeah, you know, and there is a tendency, um, even when you're dealing with people that you love and all that, just when we don't know what to say, sometimes we're like, uh, as if we're going to say something, and sometimes it's good to just be quiet. And, you know, I was like, yes, brother, and share, and he shared, and he shared frustration and anger, and frustration and anger of, of the church there that he, he ministers with, and, and we got to talking about lament, and both talking about how we, it's, it's hard, we don't know how to do that maybe fully, and the lament process, and one of the things he shared with me was about going on walks in his neighborhood, and how he, when he's out, he prays for safety, and you know, it, it just kind of hit me in a fresh way, personally, that I, I pray when I go for walks, you know, I, I, I do prayer walks, but I'm not praying for my safety, like that I'll get back safe. And, and it just was, Lord, I need to hear that. And, you know, I, I just want to say the Holy Spirit is going to lead us forward. I was on a, the Antioch Pastors Network call, and uh, Clarence Hill from Antioch Norman, the lead pastor there, and is really a great leader in areas of unity and helping to bring uh, peace between different ethnic groups and that kind of thing. And during the course of that call, Vincent Carpenter also shared a bunch. And, um, but during the course of that call, he, he shared this thing, and I don't know if we have the slide for it or not, but he's writing a book, and he's got this thing called the dream clock. And the dream clock just goes from one, two, three. It's got the hands of the clock all the way around, and there's just these different steps, next steps that you would take in, in growing. And so one o'clock is just kind of self-awareness, like where am I at in this whole conversation? Just kind of waking, just kind of waking up to where I'm at. The second one is showing up. 
You know, just am I going to show up and, and be a part of what's going on, how to, how to take steps forward? Discovering things that I might could do would be another step. Eating meals together was down at the five, coming together at the table. And that's, that's huge. If we're not eating meals together, like the meal is absolutely huge. Back in the fall, we did a series on Galatians. And Paul intimately connects table fellowship with the gospel. And if we're, if we're going to say there's two tables, we're believing a, a different gospel. He's like, he's not messing around about it. He confronted Peter right to his face. That's wrong. And the whole thing is, who's, who is the descendants? Who are the people that are the descendants of Abraham? And it's not just physical Israel. It's those who are, who are born again into life in Jesus Christ. That's all the nations that are putting their hope and trust in Jesus Christ. That's, that's how important this whole uh, word is, coming to the table, but then uh, coming to the table, but then the, the hands of the clock kind of keep moving forward, and it's, it's, other, it's continuing to meet together. It's continuing to reach out to one another. And I know that I'm not making a specific point about speaking in tongues this morning, which I'm for, uh, but, um, but, but it is about God breaking in and allowing people to come together. Every nation under, that's what Pentecost is about. So it's a word for us right now, helping us and communicate and to hear during this very time that we need it so much. Another piece is the coming of the Holy Spirit empowers us not just to come together and communicate, but also to share the message about Jesus Christ. So Peter stands up, somebody says, they're drunk. No, we're not, we're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. And this is a direct fulfillment of what Joel said, the prophet. And he goes on and he starts basically referencing the story. This is kind of the way we preach the gospel around here. And here's a great example of it. You tell the story. You look back and you go, what was, what was God saying was going to happen? And Peter's going, this is the day of the Lord that was prophesied. This is that day. And, and prophesying and visions and all this stuff, it just points to the fact that this is the day of the Lord. They expected it to come at the end of time, and suddenly in the resurrection of Jesus, it, it happens in the middle of time. Like the, the coming age literally breaks in. And God, oh, we need this word so much. We need to believe that we are people that are living in light of what's coming and not just satisfied with the right now the way we see it. We're not done. God is not done with us. So he's saying, this is Joel 2. And God planned this thing all along. God sent Jesus signs, wonders, miracles, but you handed him over to be crucified and murdered him. But God raised him from the dead. And he had, he had spoken of this through David, the, 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 the king. In Psalm 16, he said, he's, my holy one is not going to see decay. I'm going to raise him up. And that's exactly what happened. And even though David went into the grave and wasn't raised, his son went into the grave and was raised from the dead. I'll pick it up in verse 32 of Acts chapter 2. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, bearing witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're all witnesses. And being therefore exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you both see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, 
Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Boom. Boom. I just like, ah. Like this climactic end of the sermon isn't, and you can have a personal experience and go to heaven when you die. No, he's like, no, Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the king. He is the true king and the true Lord of the entire cosmos, of the entire world. That's who Jesus is. And God declared it with power by the spirit by raising him from the dead. Not upset. I'm just, I'm just excited. You know, it's a big deal. And so he is empowered by God to preach this word that God sent his son, that he was crucified. He did, he lived this life. He was crucified. He was raised on the third day by the power of God. He's exalted to the right hand of God and he's coming again. And so what the Holy Spirit also empowers us to do is not only preach the message, but to respond to it. So then they respond. Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Amen. So there's this it's just incredible dynamic. The Holy Spirit coming, wind, fire, people coming together, ability to hear themselves, to, to, to hear one another. And then God raises up this, this Peter to speak this word right into this situation and tell the story from the context of within Israel, how this whole story was unfolding, this story that we're talking about all the time. This is the way Peter preaches the gospel. And it's the way we want to hear it even though it's, it's, it's foreign to us sometimes 2,000 years later, we have to keep telling and keep immersing ourselves into this story so that we can fully be alive in the power of God and the power of the Spirit and the power of forgiveness and, and the baptized life where we go into the water and we're raised like we die to ourselves and are raised to live in the life, the new life of Jesus Christ. Absolutely incredible. And I, I'm calling us to, to that. And just as I'm wrapping this up this morning, you know, Pentecost is a reminder that God sent his son Jesus to die for the sins of the world and that he sent his spirit into us to empower us to, to, to live this life, to walk this life out, to, to make us to be one people to one, one people in the midst of everything that's happening, to be one people right now, to be a one table people where the dividing wall of hostility is down. And that's going to have all kinds of implications for us, but the Holy Spirit's going to lead us into how to walk this out. And we all need, Lord, show us what to do. Help us. Even when we can't see the way forward, He will lead us. Sometimes 
I think we want a clean, tidy finish. There's stuff going on in the country. If we can just get this, this just whoop, and just tie it up, and it's, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be a process of, it's been difficult for a long time. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult. But God, by His Spirit, is going to lead us through it all. And so encourage, we need to encourage each other with these words. We are the church, and God will lead us forward by His Holy Spirit. And it's, it's so practical. I mean, it really is, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different things for different people. It's, there's not a one-size-fits-all answer on this, but it is going to be, Lord, by Your Spirit, show us what to do. Show us what to do as a church. Show us what to do in our life group. Show us what to do in my circles of relationship. Show us how to create new bridges and opportunities and, and ways of coming together, ways of living out the truth of the gospel right here in Fort Worth or wherever you're watching this from. It's a big deal. You know, at the end of that phone call the other day, uh, just with my pastor friend, it was good, man. I, I just, I've been reflecting on that call. It was, it was good for me. And it, I think it was good for him. I hope it was. Um, we were just talking and loving each other, praying for each other. And I said, is there anything I can do? Is there any way I can serve you? And, and he said, he didn't, I really didn't even pause. He said, yeah, there is. On uh, Tuesday nights, I've got a pastor's group that comes together. Would you come and sit in on it? It's a Zoom call. I was like, great, I'm there. You know, and and, you know, I think that the Lord is going to open doors for different ones of us to either be a man of peace or woman of peace or to find a man or woman of peace that will invite us in. And when we go in, we go in as learners, just like we teach missionaries to go to another place. And you don't go in and tell everybody what to do. You go in as learners. You learn the language. You learn the culture. You learn how to live with people and understand and, and only get back to the big word, we can't really know them if we're not really loving them. So just huge. Who do you need to love during this time? What will it look like? And I just want to encourage you. We're going to pray here, but I want to encourage you after we dismiss, talk with whoever you're with right there. Would you do that? Just say, what is this going to mean for us, for our family, kids, well, what's this going to look like as you're growing up? You know, what's it going to look like in our business or in our different spheres of relationships? And then pray about it. You know, just pray. This is how we get, this is how the Lord will lead us forward. Lord, what are you leading us to do by your spirit? We welcome you, God, on this Pentecost 2020. And we ask in the name of Jesus, lead us forward. Let's pray. Father, help us, God. We are just... Uh, we just know that we need your mercy. We, we, we know you've promised it in the midst of times of lament that the mercies are new every single day. And so, Lord, we are looking to you for mercy in this day. Help us, Lord, bring peace in our churches. Bring, uh, Lord, just start even with the brothers and sisters, just churches. Lord, bring your peace. Give expressions of love between Christians of different ethnicities and backgrounds. Bring us together. Bring us together at the table. Lord, help us during this time. And Lord, even across the, the political lines and all the different ways things are being communicated, God, I pray that your message of, of hope, the hope of the world through Jesus, 
and through his people, and through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of loving one another. Just would you help us and have breakthrough and create lanes and opportunities and circles of love and communication that did not exist before this. Bring healing, bring justice, make things right in our world, we ask. Oh God, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. So may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, may his face shine on you, and may you be filled with the Spirit to have creative, life-giving ways of moving forward through this liminal space where we can't see everything and into the future that he's truly calling us into because that future has indeed broken in. May you walk in it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I love you guys so much.